time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! Ooh, that was a long one. I like it. It was. It lasted. It echoed a bit. So this is a show where we plop down on the living room floor with a big bowl of cereal and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And today we watched Jackie Chan Adventures as recommended by Brian Putvin at dinner after a few beers. He's called Putty. So we're going to call him Putty from now on. Just FYI. So the show Jackie Chan Adventures ran from 2000 to 2005. It was five seasons, 95 episodes. Created by John Rogers and developed by Jackie Chan. It aired on the network Kids WB. And for a short synopsis, Jackie Chan and his extended family must fight a criminal organization for magic talismans that could release an evil spirit. At least initially. That pretty much nails it. Yeah. For the most part. You know what? I think this is our first like Kids WB cartoon that we've had. Is it? Yeah, I think so. I don't remember seeing anything else Kids WB. It won't be the last though. For the record, like Kids WB had all of my favorite cartoons pretty much. Aside from like Ninja Turtles and Transformers, everything else awesome was on Kids WB on Saturday morning. On Saturday morning. So who are some of the actors from this cartoon, Chris? Um, There's a lot. I'll go through the the main cast first, and then I, I've got a few other notable people to mention. But I need to hear. Um, so f- I need to hear every single one of them. Just list them all. Out. Big characters doesn't matter if they were in one everyone, episode. Just everybody. everyone that was in any episode ever. I will also include like the animators. Yeah, absolutely. The colorists, of course. <laughs> so first and foremost, you've got Jackie Chan, real life Jackie Chan. There's two Jackie Chans in this: the real life version and the cartoon version. So real life version, Jackie Chan is played by himself, Jackie Chan. And um, he just kind of appears in different clips, like usually towards the end of the show where he's giving some sort of like life anecdote or being asked a question Mm. from like a kid, like a fan, and he'll answer it like his favorite fruit is he loves bananas and papayas and pineapple and pineapple. I'm really glad that I know that about Jackie Chan. (laughs) (laughs) But then we also have cartoon Jackie Chan, not voiced by the Jackie Chan. Cartoon Jackie Chan, and also a bit character named Chow, a lackey of the main bad guy, Valmont. This actor's name is James Sia. I had to look that up because I was going to pronounce it differently and I was way off, but (laughs) James Sia. He has voiced characters on King of the Hill, Kung Fu Panda, Batman, the Brave and the Bold, and the current run of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Didn't write down all the characters because he's on so many shows. I'm just listing the shows here. You had me at King of the Hill. King of the Hill. He was on there for a very long time, too. Nice. Um, Do you know who- whatever, whatever the Asian guy's name is on King of the uh, Hill. Oh, he was Khan? That guy. Oh, that's that awesome. <laughs> I was just like, Asian name. I'm not going to remember this. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> then we have Jade, who was voiced by Stacy Chan. As far as I know, no relation to Jackie Chan. Hmm. I don't think. Like, I was, I was looking for that tidbit, and I didn't see anywhere that she was actually related to Jackie Chan. Maybe she is, but uh, I couldn't tell. So Stacy Chan, she uh, voiced Jade. She was 12 years old when the show started. And in 2001, she was nominated for an Emmy for this show for Outstanding Performance and a VoiceOver Lead. Wow. Which is really impressive. One, I had no idea the show would be nominated for anything. 
And two, you know, being just a kid and getting nominated for an Emmy for something like that, that's really freaking cool. Very cool, yeah. Kudos, Jade. Then we also have Uncle, he's actually Uncle Chan, but everyone just calls him Uncle. He's voiced by Saab Shimono, and this is an actor who, if you remember Ninja Turtles 3, the movie, Mm -hmm. if you haven't wiped that from your memory, unfortunately, he played, uh... (laughs) He played Lord Noragana. Oh. Yeah, that guy. He he voiced Uncle. Really? Isn't that fun? I liked him much better as Uncle. Yeah, me too. <laughs> he was also in Samurai Jack, Avatar The Last Airbender, and the current Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Cool. As a lot of this cast is in the current Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mmm, nice. Toru, my favorite character from this show, voiced by Noah Nelson. He hasn't done, like, a whole, whole ton. He's done mostly video games. He's voiced in Skyrim, Transformers, Metal Gear Solid. But he did do some voices in Adventure Time. He was the voice of Kioth and the Hot Dog Monster. Oh, nice. (laughs) I just like the Hot Dog Monster. Right. (laughs) Belmont was voiced by a man named Julian Sands. Um, Mostly done television. Not a whole lot of other things. However... The majority of Valmont's cronies are actually pretty well-known actors and the most well-known names out of this entire list. Really? Just the cronies? Yeah. It's crazy. Like, so, you know, I already mentioned Chow, who was also voiced by the same guy that did Jackie Chan. But we have the character Ratso, voiced by Clancy Brown. Super awesome. The Kurgan. Yeah, you know you know what? Like, when I saw the name Ratso, it took me right back to Groovy Ghoulies. Yeah, I know where you're going with yep. this. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I did, too. I was like, oh. I didn't even <laughs> realize that was the character's name until I looked it up in IMDb, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, because they no don't really way. talk about them that much or mention them by name. Right. So, yeah, Clancy Brown, the Kurgan from Highlander. He's also going to be in the upcoming Warcraft movie, and he's awesome. The character of Finn was voiced by Adam Baldwin, famous for shows like Firefly. He's the guy that shoots the glass in Independence Day, and uh, he's (laughs) Colonel Casey in the show Chuck. So big, big nerd icon right there. Everyone loves Adam Baldwin, unless like you're a girl that plays video games, because he's not very nice to you in that case, Hmm. which is really unfortunate. And then the the last crony, a character named Hack Fu, first voiced by Jim Cummings, who's been in everything, mm-hmm. especially Disney stuff, the voice of Scar from Lion King, but he's been in all kinds of other things too. And then after, I think it was the first season, he either left or was replaced by John DiMaggio, who is also in everything. Bender from Futurama is probably the uh, character you would associate the most with him at this point, but... Jake from Adventure Time. There we go. Yeah, I didn't even think about that one. So, yeah, like, lots and lots of uh, really, really good cast members there in just the bit parts. But the, the main cast, that the people that you don't know as well, they were excellent. I mean, they did such a great job. Everybody did a really great job on this show. It's crazy. Like, I, I love, um, and I don't look this up usually until after we watch the episodes, because I like to hear the voices then see who did it and then i'm like oh man now i hear it yeah like that's awesome yeah yeah like with adam baldwin like that didn't click until later i was like holy crap like that totally is like i can hear it he was he was kind of faking like a little bit of like an irish accent there but it's still really cool you can still hear that same intonation in his voice and everything so very cool yeah nice 
Well, I'm going to go ahead and dig into our Jackie Chan cereal, see what Zodiac-shaped marshmallows I can pull out of this show. Hopefully not rat ones, because that would be kind of a gross marshmallow. All animated Jackie's beige and khaki clothes are similar to the real Jackie's clothes in the film Armor of God from 1986. And actually, a lot of the things that happened in these episodes were based on previous Jackie Chan movies. That's very cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. I've only seen like a few, like the big ones like Rumble in the Bronx Mm -hmm. and Rush Hour. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I'm sure I don't know like how far into it it goes. And I'm sure I missed a lot of it. But I, I just know specifically that a lot of these things are pulled from his previous movies. Very cool. Yep. Also, Weedis, the rock band who sang Teenage Dirtbag, recorded recorded a theme song called Jackie Chan's The Man, which would play at the end credits. But during the end credit titles is when Kids WB airs the promotions for other shows. So the song was never aired during the credits. They did start. Yeah, they did start playing it over some montage shots between the episodes, but it never really got to officially be played at the end credits like it was supposed to. Oh, that's crazy. But Weeda still gets credit, though. I completely forgot that band even existed. The only song I really know of theirs is Teenage Dirtbag, but that's just so iconic. Right. Same here. That's the only one I've probably ever heard. So interesting. Okay, cool. And lastly, there are 13 books, four comic books, and two video games that were released to accompany this series. Holy crap, I have to get all of those. Yeah. (laughs) The books are actually, they're not even picture books. They're just like the actual young reader books, like uh, probably early, I don't know, probably middle school age kind of books. But they're actual text. I definitely believe that because if anything, Jackie Chan is all about kids mm-hmm. in a non creepy way. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> he, he 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 knows his status and he wants to be a great role model. You know, he wants children to be like well behaved and able to defend themselves. And right, right. He's just an all around great dude. So yeah, I'm not surprised to hear that. And that's really reflected on, in a lot of this show, and we'll touch on it as we go through the episodes. But what memories do you have of this show, if any? Um, I do have some memories of the show. I did watch it a little bit back in the day when it was first on. I didn't give it a whole lot of time. I was more focused on a lot of the other Kids WB shows. And if I remember right, this was either probably towards the beginning of the block or towards the end. I'm going to guess towards the end. And, you know, you would get in front of the TV Saturday morning. You just want to watch the block that has all your favorites. So you might not pay attention to some of the cartoons in there. So this is one I would usually be busy doing something else, you know, playing with my Transformers or some <laughs> yeah. something. So, but I do remember it. And in, I remember one episode in particular, and it ended up being our listener pick from Putty. So nice. But I'll talk about that one when we get to it. But I, I don't remember the show being as good as it is. Like I was very surprised to watch this and actually really enjoy it. I was expecting it to be really corny, which, I mean, there are parts that are, but, I mean, like, the comedy's still really good. There's a good message for everything, and it was really well-paced. Like, there was no segment where I'm like, oh, this is boring. Like, it kept me hooked the entire episode. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I yeah. so I do remember this. I just don't remember it being as sweet as it was. That's kind of the same for me. Like, I do remember watching Jackie Chan Adventures, but only very briefly. It it wasn't a, sh- it, not that it was a bad show or anything. I didn't even think that back then. It was just, it came on around a period of time when I was in high school and regretfully wasn't watching as many cartoons as I am even now. So, oh man, I was. Yeah. I was, man, I would still whip out my little Transformers. No. <laughs> 
But I mean, that was definitely a mistake on my part, though, because this show was surprisingly good. Like you said, it really did hold up well and it keeps you engaged. Not only the combat, but the animation was just gorgeous. Like it just was an awesome show all around. Let's just go ahead and dive into the episodes that we did watch. The very first episode, the highest rated episode, and finally, random or listener chosen episode. The order varies depending on how these episodes fall chronologically. But of course, we always have to start with the very first episode, which was The Dark Hand, Season 1, Episode 1, where Jackie recovers a shield from Bavaria. And when he returns home, he finds some people are very interested in the shield, including an old friend who asked Jackie for some help. Jackie's niece, Jade, arrives in America. Yeah, it's really cool. It starts out like... Jackie Chan in this world is not a famous martial artist. He is a humble archaeologist. Right, right. Working for his uncle's antiquities shop in San Francisco. So, yeah, it opens up with him and some others in this temple. But, I mean, he still has his martial arts, like, sensibilities and skills. He's just not famous for him. Yeah, yeah. So, like, where these people are about to accidentally trip, like, some sort of trap that would otherwise, like, kill them or injure them. He'll stop him real quick because, you know, he knows what's, like, he can tell or sense what's going to happen. He's very observant. It was just, it was really cool. It reminded me of, like, Indiana Jones a lot in this this episode which was fun like if indiana jones didn't use a whip but he had martial arts skills yeah exactly man and it, it was cool too i really enjoyed that i mean like the thing says he he recovers the shield and he brings it back and he gets visited by an old friend who we, we know as captain black and it turns out this friend was watching him recover the shield he was there seeing it happen and also on the flip side there was these other people there kind of watching the same thing go down, which was Valmont and his cronies. Yeah. Um, they're all watching Jackie recover this thing because this shield isn't important for specific reasons. Right. Yeah. I mean, and we don't know throughout the episode really what the importance of the shield is or what it is that is drawing so many people to the shield versus all the other treasures that were there. Right. You know, it kind of unfolds that like at first I, I was thinking, oh, his buddy is totally going to end up being a bad guy. But but that wasn't you, the case. You're talking about Captain Black? Yeah. 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 And um, it turns out that he works for a um, he's like a special ops law enforcement agent from this government group called Section 13. Mm-hmm. Basically, they are there's a specific artifact embedded in the shield that they know this crime syndicate is after, this crime syndicate being headed up by Valmont for nefarious purposes. Yep. But and that's yeah. and that's the the reality side of it. Where this police force basically the section thirteen is just focused on getting this artifact because it's being sought out by the you know by this crime syndicate, but they don't realize anything else about it. And this is right. a world where magic is not commonplace or anything like it that. Exists. It, exactly. It exists, but it's in kind of the on sort of the down low. And that's what we get to see happening is the introduction of magic to these people who otherwise wouldn't believe in magic at all. And in the meantime, Jade shows up and Jade is actually not actually his niece, but they refer to her as Jackie's niece, which to me makes sense because uh like it's actually his cousin's daughter. To me, that makes sense because I grew up with a cousin and his family, um, and it was actually, you know, he was—he would actually be my second cousin, and his mother would have been, like, my third cousin or whatever. I don't remember how that all works. One of those, <laughs> like, numbers and then cousin. 
But I always refer to him as just my cousin and her as my aunt. You know, it's just easier that That's way. just how I knew him. Because yeah. what do you even call your cousin's children? Right. They would be like second or third cousins, something like that. One of those really confusing uh, things that I don't Too many numbers. To. Yeah. It's yeah. Just... So I just call them cousins, aunts, whatever. She has been sitting here because she, uh, her parents think she's undisciplined. She's acting up a lot. She's actually from China. Mm-hmm. So when she gets there, Jackie is kind of assuming that she doesn't know English and she's kind of playing dumb for a little bit. She's actually very fluent in English. Like, I mean, it's almost like her first language. I mean, she she has no accent at all. She's just talks like any any one of us. And she's very street smart and very crafty. I really like her character because of that, because she what's cool, first of all, is that it's a little girl versus a little boy, which is something that. They really didn't do a lot in these cartoons is kind of make a a heroine type character. And she has a thrill for adventure. She is very crafty. And one thing you notice right away in these episodes is that she never stays where she's told. And she is always (laughs) able to escape anywhere undetected. So she's in the house, Carl. Incredibly stealthy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, she's actually she's a joy. She is the opposite of Flim Flam, that oh, little yeah. absolutely from 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. She is everything he's not. I mean, <laughs> first of all, she's a girl, so that makes sense. But she's street smart, but she's not obnoxious. She's not dumb. She doesn't get herself into situations she can't get out of. She usually ends up saving the day more often than not. In certain ways, yeah. Not always in the best way possible, but somehow. But, but it happens. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then it still happens. We're also, like you said, introduced to Uncle, who is, he's probably my favorite oh. character of this show. He's just so yeah. funny. Every time he has an interaction with anybody, it's just hilarious. And he's very like, um, where he has that attitude where you're everyone's always wrong, but him, right. and he has to correct them. And he's very impatient. Very. And, uh, you know, there is a little bit of stereotype there in a way, but I think it's very obviously based on somebody that Jackie Chan knew in real life, mm-hmm. the way that he talks and stuff like that. But he's always yelling, and <laughs> yeah. like the last word of his sentences when he yells, the inflection always goes up, and he always draws the word out really long. Mm. And like you'll have to put some, some sort of... Um, it's enjoyable every time. And my favorite joke with him is he's constantly saying one more thing. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just never one more thing. And when he says one more, oh, yeah. he's just one more thing. And then it's just like five more things. But he has to keep yeah. saying one more thing after it. Yeah, he just keeps going. And man, it's funny every time. And he does it like every episode. Yeah. It happens at least once. You would think it would get old. But no, I didn't get tired no. of it at all. I was at all. I was like, waiting for it. I just love hearing his interactions. Exactly. I wanted it more. Every time he said one more thing, I wanted one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know, there was a lot of really good dialogue. There was one really, really good quote here when Jade wanted to confront some bad guys or something or like, I don't remember. I think she did try to confront someone and Jackie was, you know, fearing for her and he kind of pulls her aside and they're having this conversation. And he says this, this line that he says, courage without wisdom is foolishness, which was a really cool quote. Yeah. I was like, man, that's a really cool thing to say. And that's a really smart thing to take away. It's like one of those lessons that that a kid could take away from this show. Like, you know, he's not saying, you know, don't be bold or brash. Like, you know, be courageous. 
just know when to do it. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's kind of like, this seems like something that they would say at the end of episodes, kind of like when Jackie Chan comes up, because it reminds me a lot of things from the G.I. Joe where it's knowing is half the battle type situation. Yeah. So it's just those lessons that are embedded into the episode. It was really good. Like where at one time I might've said, Oh, that's corny. Like here I'm saying, you know, that was actually pretty cool. And that's like, you know, somebody has that as a tattoo somewhere. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They'll have some sort of Chinese symbol that means something completely opposite. And they'll like have it written underneath. But they think without wisdom. Yeah. But they think that's what they're getting. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Something else just to point out, just to bring up real quick is that Toru in this episode, he is one of the evil henchmen and that's not something that carries on for too long in the series, but we'll get into that more as we get to that point. I love his character. Oh yeah. Toru is, he's, he's cool. He's this giant, like sumo dude, like huge, but he speaks very eloquent English. Like he's got a very clear, very pleasing voice, like really deep and spot on English. So not like an accent or something you might expect from like a big sumo guy, but he he was great. He was good in every episode. And there's a lot of funny moments with him just because he's so massive and intimidating. It's just really interesting to see the other character interactions with him. Yeah, it is funny to see his character really doing anything. And even as a bad guy, you, you still kind of like him. You still kind of love his character. Yeah, he doesn't ever do anything like he's supposed to be a bad guy, but doesn't actually really do anything bad. You yeah, know? not so much. I mean, he threatens to, sure, but never really goes through with it. Something else to point out just to wrap up this episode is that you have Valmont, who is, we see at one point talking to the statue of Shindu, the fire demon. And then that's when we kind of discovered that, oh, Valmont's not the head of this operation right now. Like he's being commanded by a statue of a dragon with shiny red eyes. Velma is the star scream to Shindu's Megatron. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, good pull. Because they're they're kind of like because you know Velma's not doing this for free. Like he's doing it for a reward. Like he's been promised like treasure and riches, and that's the only reason he's going along with this stuff. I mean, he's a he's an evil dude anyway. So. Yeah. I mean, he's fine doing it, but, you know, he wants rewards. He's not going to do this out of loyalty no, or de- anything like that. No, definitely not. Not loyalty to this big statue. But I'm sure that initially Shindu promised him rewards of various kinds. I was just saying, just to to end this this episode, basically, the, the whole thing that everyone's after is this talisman that's embedded in the shield. And it's the first of the talisman. And basically, this just this sets the stage for the rest of Elisa's first season. And I'm pretty sure part of the next couple seasons as well. But these talismans, they all have a sign of the Chinese zodiac. And this one is the rooster. And each one of them has a different, like, magical power associated with it. And Shindu is having Valmont collect them all because if they get them all and stick it in Shindu's statue, it will bring this demon dragon god thing back to life. That's actually a good segue into our next episode, which is Day of the Dragon, season one, episode 13. This was the highest rated episode and also the end of season one. So we get to kind of see the beginning of what's going on and then this actually come to fruition. With the help of Jackie Dark, Shindu lives. Now with all 12 talismans, he'll raise his demon army and destroy Asia unless Jackie can find a way to stop him. So just to touch on it real quick, Jackie Dark is Jackie Chan split up. 
It's his yin, his dark side. Which talisman was it that split them up? It was the uh, the tiger, and it cracked, and then it split in half. And mm. I don't remember exactly what they said the tiger talisman stood for. Or it was like balance or something, and it broke, and it separated his yin and yang. So mm. it created a, like, basically the evil clone of Jackie, and does bad things. And then the other Jackie is the complete opposite. He's so nice that he starts crying over, like, a bug or something <laughs> like that that gets swatted. So... The evil Jackie, Jackie Dark, is the one who helps get all these talismans together and give them to Shindu, which brings him to life finally. And that's what we jump into this episode with the knowledge of is that Shindu has been brought to life and he's this giant muscular dragon. Like he's not what you would think of as a regular dragon. He's very anthropomorphic. And so he's got like a human body if he was super ripped. And uh, a dragon head. Yeah, a huge Arnold Schwarzenegger dragon. It's kind of like what you would expect from like a Ninja Turtles kind of character. Yeah, like, like a mutated. Yeah if, if, yeah, if he was mutated from a dragon or something, it yeah. would be like So that. he's just yeah. massive dragon head, but still has, you know, arms and legs like, like a human has and stuff. But just they're huge scale with all <laughs> that stuff. So. Yeah, you know, what was interesting here, because I did say that Valmont was kind of the star scream to Shindu's Megatron. Basically, Shindu's resurrected, and Valmont's like, okay, you know, we we did your thing. Where's my treasure? Because that's what I'm here for. And Shindu's like, oh, but, you know, you didn't bring me the talismans. Jackie Chan did it, mm-hmm. so you get nothing. So then Valmont's like, okay, this is crap. <laughs> and... Yeah. um Basically, he wants to take Shindu out for betraying him, so he's he tells Toru to take him down. Toru goes up there, and man, Shindu just lifts a finger and flicks him, and the dude goes flying through the building. Like, man, he's so powerful that Toru, this this big dude that nobody can really take down, Shindu like barely lifts a finger and takes him out. Yeah, because at this point, Shindu has so much power and he's invulnerable. He's like immortal. He just has all the power of the talisman combined, strength being a big one. So I don't know. Yeah. He's got a huge advantage. So at th- we can't really tell. He's very o- OP. <laughs> very OP. We don't even know like how the heroes are going to do this at this point in the series. It's like, yeah. what do you have? Like, how can you fight this? Of course, Jackie Chan, you know, steps up and tries to fight him. Not working as well, but... Similar <laughs> results. My favorite thing of Jackie's, he has this thing that he says in almost every episode, too, where he's oh, like, bad yeah. day, bad day, bad day, bad day. Like, yeah. <laughs> whatever, he's getting chased or fighting, he just keeps saying bad day. And man, that made me laugh out loud. I thought that was really good. <laughs> Basically, like, nobody knows what to do. They all kind of gather back at Uncle's shop because they're trying to... They're hoping that Uncle can figure out something going through like his ancient scrolls and stuff like that like what do they do and toru actually shows up he wants to help them figure out how to defeat the demon and they're like why are you here yeah and his reason is because captain black is there is that he heard section 13 serves donuts on thursdays (laughs) (laughs) yeah so this is where we get to see toru's turn and for the remainder of the series to my knowledge so that's very cool yeah. seeing his character flip like that because he's such a lovable character, especially as a good guy. I mean, we don't get to see too yeah. much of that in this episode, though, because he's really kind of left watching the shop, 
while the rest of them uh, he's also his arm is broken and he has bandages he's all over because of bad. his recent Shindu encounter but yeah he's got to watch the shop while the rest of them go to Asia where Shindu is trying to take control and dominate it because of his previous life I do want to say the uncle slaps Toru in the face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is so funny because you've never seen anyone step up to him like that. And Toru's like, I'm going to help you, blah, blah, blah. And they tell him to stay in the shop. And he says no. And uncle just slaps him right yeah. in the face. And he's like, you stay in the shop. <laughs> and he's okay. just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. Like the relationship that those two have is really interesting because one, uncle's the only person that can boss Toru around. but. Toru is, like, the only person that can get through to Uncle and, like, make him think differently about something, which we don't really get so much in this episode, but in the next episode we watch, he can kind of pacify Uncle more than the others, like, kind of appeal to rationality and stuff like that, which is... So it's a very interesting dynamic between those two that I enjoy seeing. Yeah, because Toru has just, like, this ultimate calmness about him. When he's not fighting or anything, he's just a very docile individual it's very chill exactly extremely chill whereas <laughs> extremely uncle chill. typically just gives no shots and he just does <laughs> what he wants how he wants to do it uncle started the day with two and ended the day with two and gave none <laughs> zero were given okay so they go to asia they're on a plane something i liked on the plane was where uncle was in the restroom <laughs> and he was just uh, using it as an actual laboratory, making this magic potion for Jackie to inevitably fight Shindu with. But somebody comes in and tries to knock on the bathroom door and he, you just see this whole chemistry set set up where he's making this potion. Yeah, it's I mean, there's vials and test tubes <laughs> yeah. and there's like Bunsen burners, just stuff everywhere. Like, where did all this come right. from? <laughs> But yeah, it's really funny. It was such a, it was a really good moment. And I believe that they were going somewhere near, it's supposed to be somewhere outside of Hong Kong, I mm-hmm. believe, right? I think so. I think you're right. Oh yeah. No, I know you're right because that's where uh, Jade's parents are. That's and right. And she was scared She was worried. Them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's worried that they're going to get killed because Shindu's going to destroy all of Asia. Why wouldn't he destroy other parts? Why Asia? He's just really salty. Because that's where he was a warlord in Asia. And then his uh. his followers or somebody banished him to the demon realm. And that's why he's come back for revenge on Asia itself. See, I would be like, I would just want to take Asia over again instead of like, well, I'm just going to destroy it. No, he's just petty. Yeah. It was like, well, where's he going to go after that? Like, if he destroys Asia, where's he going to hang out? I mean, he's got unlimited power. So really, wherever he wants. I mean, because, you know, Europe's very much connected. So if he destroys Asia, Europe's probably going down, too. (laughs) And then for that reason, Africa is also attached. Man, he doesn't have a whole lot of choices out there. Semantics, Chris. Semantics. Yeah, I guess. You know, (laughs) dragon life. Yeah, (laughs) just living the dragon. Hashtag Hashtag dragon dragon life. life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they they track down this um, site outside of Hong Kong. And turns out there's an ancient temple buried under there, and it kind of rises out of the ground as Shindu shows up. Captain Black wants to just shoot the crap out of this dragon. He's got all of his guys with guns ready to shoot, and Uncle just keeps going, Magic must defeat magic! Right. And he's very adamant that they have to use magic. He keeps stepping in front of Captain Black's target and just being like, No! Magic must defeat magic! It happens quite a few times, and then... 
the potion that Uncle made for Jackie Chan was was something that allowed him to penetrate uh, Shindu's skin so that he could take the talisman that were inside of him and take his power away. And there was right. it, it wasn't that he knew where any were placed in particular. He was just grabbing them at random and hoping for the best. Yeah, and it was kind of cool too. Is like, um, especially because me and Joseph didn't see every episode of the first season, so we didn't see what each one of the talismans does. But as Jackie pulls them out, Jackie gets that power of that talisman. So we we started to get to like learn a little bit more about it as he was removing them, which was really cool. Right. And then Jade, being Jade, gets in on the action too to try to help Jackie. She also takes the same potion and gets out of there. And she actually, I believe, grabs the last talisman that they needed. Yeah, two of them. She She gets the, she takes the immortality one out and then she takes the rat one out. And the rat one is the one that resurrected him to allow him to come out of statue form. Right. The the rat talisman gives life. Right. Correct? Yes, yep. Which will come up in the next episode we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah, that's true. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Segway. But it was, a, it was a really fun episode. And it was kind of like there was some like semi-intense moments that was really enjoyable. Something I didn't expect. I mean, it got a little bit more like... um. It had a little bit more dire of a situation than I expected from this show, which was really cool to see, because I enjoy that when cartoons go that route. You know what? Coming into this show in general, just as a quick aside, I was thinking that the 13 Talisman was going to be like 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, where it's like they're going through the whole series just to get these. Instead, it's like right away they get them all and then wrap up this part of the series and then it moves on to something completely different on the next season, which I thought was really interesting because that's not what I expected from it at all. I know, and this makes me want to watch the rest of the series. Yeah, be- um, because there's a lot that I'm clueless about. And there's so much like mythology to it. Like It just intertwines so much with Chinese mythology, and it has its mythology of its own, which really piqued my interest. And knowing that we find all this stuff about you know this dragon and all the talismans and stuff all in the first season... Like there's four more seasons. Like what else? What am I missing out on? Like there's got to be so much more. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I was a big fan of like the whole Chinese Zodiac thing when I was a kid. So just coming into this, I didn't didn't realize how closely tied to the Chinese Zodiac this show was. So that was interesting just watching it with adult eyes. And for everyone wondering, Joseph and I are both the ox. We are. (laughs) We and our element is wood. We are wood oxen. Wood oxen. Yes. Well, let's just move on to our next episode, which is I'll Be a Monkey's Puppet. This is the one that was chosen by Putty, season two, episode 38. And in this one, Jackie buys Jade a Monkey King puppet to help Jade in an upcoming talent show. They inadvertently release the Monkey King and he quickly causes mischief. Jackie has been turned into a puppet. I like these descriptions (laughs) sometimes because they're just so abrupt. Right. Jackie is turned into a puppet. Jackie is turned into a puppet. Period. The end. Yep. (laughs) This was a really cool episode, and this is the episode that I remembered as a kid. I liked so much about this episode, especially I want one of those puppets just because he's so creepy. I know. That monkey puppet from the beginning was so creepy. Just looking at its eyes, its dead eyes. Ugh. By the way, when I say as a kid, I remember—I mean when I was like, you know, 14. Well, yeah, because <laughs> I think we were both in high school at this point. Right. This should have been like freshman year or something. But you know what? Cartoons are cool. <laughs> So Jackie purchases this puppet from Uncle's competitor, who's in a different antique shop. And when he comes home with it, Uncle recognizes it, 
or uncle asks where he got it and he tells him and then he's like um yeah, and and he said it was one of a kind, and then Uncle slaps him twice and says, "And that's two of a kind to teach you to to teach you that bringing my competitors junk into my shop invites bad chi." So just that that two of a kind two slaps thing made me laugh so much. You know, I I forgot about so many of the funny things Uncle does, and I I think I as much as I love Toru, I I think I honestly have to say that I think Uncle actually is my favorite. He's oh, just. Yeah. Man, he's so funny. He gets all the best lines, all the best parts. Definitely. Fantastic. So this um, monkey puppet has something written on the back and basically tells him to pull the monkey's leg. So he does it. And what that is, it's actually completing a spell. So it basically brings the monkey king to life, but turns the person who pulled it into a puppet, in this case, Jackie Chan, and has no life. I mean, he is literally just a wooden puppet that can't do anything. Right. And that's when, like you said, the rat talisman comes into play. Ta-da! Because, uh, yeah, they still had some of the talismans left from defeating Shindu. So the rat talisman that gives life, um, after the fact, Jade puts it onto Jackie and it kind of, like, absorbs into his body and brings him to life, kind of like Pinocchio. You know, he's still a puppet, but he's a puppet that can walk and talk and... Still perform kung fu also. Still do kung fu, and um, he falls apart occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> He has removable parts. And one of my favorite things in this was like this thing where when Jackie gets surprised and sees that he's a puppet, his like eyebrows like pop out and like twist around. <laughs> which yeah. are, man, that was funny. <laughs> uh, I loved it. And then on the opposite side of that, we have this monkey king who's now, you know, just kind of an anthropomorphic monkey. And he is, he can talk and everything, and he's just pulling pranks everywhere. And it's the, it's kind of like, um, if you think about the mask, it's like things where he yeah. just pulls things out of midair and just makes these jokes happen. But it's all about jokes. He, it's, he's all about getting laughter. Yeah. You know, what? I, originally I was thinking that he reminded me kind of, of a genie from Aladdin. Uh, but I yeah. think the mask might be a better analogy. Because the mask wasn't necessarily always good. I mean, he he was kind of a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, pulling pranks at other people's expenses, and that's very much what the Monkey King's all about. He's pulling pranks at the expense of others. He's a trickster. He's a trickster. He's not a bad guy, but he's definitely not a good guy. He's just doing things for his own amusement. Like, those who know that know Marvel or know, like, Norse mythology, he's basically, like, Loki- in a way, like a yep. very exaggerated Loki. Uh, and I believe that that's in actual Chinese mythology, too. The Monkey King. I think King. the Monkey King was a trickster a la Loki. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was really cool. And man, he did some really silly things. He he brought some roasted chickens to life. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> there's this one really great scene. It's like a callback because that's like one of the first things he does is bring these chickens to life. And then chickens are running around scaring people and stuff. But later, like a few minutes later into the episode, when Jackie is confronting him and Jackie's still a puppet, he brings, quote unquote, the boys out. And it's the chickens coming back out, and they're dressed like greasers, like ones wearing like a leather jacket and sunglasses and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then uh, they all attack Jackie, so it's just this puppet (laughs) Jackie Chan fighting a bunch of rotisserie chickens. Which is rotisserie (laughs) chickens in those leather jackets and stuff. It's just, it's such a, it's ridiculous to even say, but it's so funny to watch. Oh man. Yeah, it was great. And they just like, they disassembled him. Like they just ripped him apart. Yeah. And he's just like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, luckily the parts are detachable, like you said, so it's not that big right. a deal. I don't even know if he feels pain or anything at this point, but it didn't look. It didn't seem like he does. Yeah, but who knows? If he had uh, termites, maybe. But oh yeah, we we see that actually. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. They did bring termites. Yeah, they in, did, didn't they? Of course, every, anything you can think of, they brought in. Oh my gosh. <laughs> One of my favorite Toru lines in this episode were was when he and Jackie are he's talking to puppet Jackie and he's like, Jackie, do you wish some wax to restore your shine? And so he's he's offering just to give Jackie some wax and Jackie's like, shouldn't we focus on finding the cure or something or asking for a remedy? <laughs> Toru's just he's kind of Toru just wants to work. He sees that as a chore that needs to be done. Yeah. Like Jackie needs to be waxed. He just wants to help. He just wants to be helped. Right. <laughs> But uh, so Monkey King's doing all kinds of stuff. He's breaking the fourth wall, bringing things to life, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we also get a lot of references from the Monkey King, too. Like, he brings up the old puppet show Punch and Judy. He brings yep. up Chucky from Child's Play. One thing I was expecting, uh, when he was running around with the axe, I was thinking he was mm. going to chop through a door and say, like, here's Johnny or here's Monkey or something. And that didn't happen. I was disappointed that, I that didn't happen. I was like with the, with the Chucky reference. I thought, well, then they have no problem yeah, exactly. going for Anything's that. But they did game, and yeah, they, they didn't pull that one. But oh well, it was still good. It was a great episode. I enjoyed it a lot. Like I, I can't tell you which episode I liked the most out of the three we watched because I liked them all quite a bit. So I don't know. I think for me, it's it's between the the second two that we watched. I mean, the first one was good though. It's nothing against the first yeah. one, but that's just kind of setting the groundwork for it. And the other two just really had some strong stories to them. Yeah, yeah. they're really independent stories. They're not all tied together, but they still use things from the previous episodes, like those talismans right. still come into play, like this one did. There's continuity, but some of the episodes can still be standalone, right? Which yeah. is which is nice. Exactly. So. This one being a good example of that. I agree. So, yeah, yeah, overall, it was a lot of fun. I'm really glad that this one got recommended. Absolutely. So thank you, Mr. Putty. Thanks, Putty. And you owe me a glass because last time you were here, you dropped a glass and broke it. Just send me a glass, too, just because. One more thing to note before we jump into our reviews is the 2016 Chinese New Year just kicked off this past Monday, February 8th. Oh, that's right. This is the year of the Fire Monkey, a year devoted to innovation, creativity, transformation, and for those under the ox sign specifically, like you and I, big changes. So Ooh. this is just a year of big change for us. So I'm excited about that. We have had a lot of changes. Yeah, a lot of lately, positive changes. As far as yeah. the, the network and everything. So awesome. Well, Chris, we should probably bring out our very own mini Zodiac Warriors to see what they thought of Jackie Chan Adventures. All right. Let me get my own little wood ox out here. Oh, that <laughs> sounds wrong. <laughs> so wrong. Uh, yeah, that was really weird. Don't say that again. Um, I thought this show was really stupid, but it was really awesome instead. Jackie Chan was so cool as a cartoon, and he still had all these sweet moves like, and, and I thought Jade would be kind of annoying, like Flim Flam, but she was actually really cool, and Uncle and Toru were really funny, and Uncle's real fun because he slaps everybody, and I want to slap everybody, and I want to go look for Chinese relics, too. Uh, but down in my basement, where it's safe, and I know that giant dragons aren't waiting for me. But I could totally beat one up if I saw one. Uh, I would rate this show 4.5 ancient Chinese cereal bowls with talisman marshmallows out of 5. Okay, Joseph, your turn. 
On the forefront, Jackie Chan Adventures may appear to be just another action-packed cartoon made solely for boys and focused entirely on evil ninjas, dark magic, and settling disputes via physical combat. And to be honest, a lot of it is that. But accompanying those tropes is a large presence of kindness, strong family ties, friendship, and redemption. For those reasons, I'm going to give this show 4.5 big bowls of cereal out of 5 and would recommend it for the whole family. Oh, and one more thing. Happy Chinese New Year. The end. Nice job, kids. Nice job, boys. All right, so do you have any final thoughts on Jackie Chan Adventures? You know, I would say don't go into Jackie Chan Adventures thinking it's going to be some kind of cheesy, going crazy over Jackie Chan. Like, he's in it, but it's not about him necessarily. It's about so much more, and there's so much surrounding it. It's such a, it's almost a wholesome show in a way. It's fun to watch, and I think the whole family can enjoy it. So I would recommend it. I I agree completely. And honestly, like, I think the description that keeps coming to me is this show to me feels like an amalgam of Indiana Jones, of Dragon Ball Z, and the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. (laughs) Because you've got, like, the Indiana Jones, you got the the relics, you got him going to, like, ancient temples and collecting artifacts, things like that. He's collecting the talismans, kind of like Dragon Ball Z, they're collecting the Dragon Balls, and the main character of Jackie Chan is very similar to, at least, the American version of Goku and that he's very naive and just very good hearted kind of childlike in a way which is kind of a a reason that he gets along so well with his niece Jade and then when I say Super Mario Brothers Super Show just because they have those cuts in between the cartoon and the real life Jackie Chan talking and stuff like that yeah just all those things together it might sound weird but it was actually fantastic. I, I loved this cartoon. This is probably one of my favorites that we've done so far on the show. So thank you very much, buddy, for recommending this one. And I did want to say, too, like, I am loving some of these cartoons that are getting recommended so much. Like, I had seen Avatar before, but my wife and I just finished the entire series because this show got her into it. And we enjoyed it so much that immediately after finishing it, she went and ordered, like, all of the comic books on Amazon. Nice. <laughs> and just got them delivered today. So, yeah, that, so that's really cool. And I will bring up, we had someone comment on our YouTube video it was our episode of uh steven universe so rue m3 so r-u-e space m3 got on our youtube and just kind of wrote this long explanation saying some things that we might have been off a little bit on steven universe as far as far as some of our assumptions and things like that and and what i explained is basically you know it's hard for us to get everything exact because we're only watching three episodes we would love to watch entire series every week but with our jobs and like network and stuff me and joseph and joseph more so we probably easily work 50 hours a week and joseph probably more than that yeah but like you said i would love to if we could if we could devote all our time to this then that would be fantastic oh absolutely but Rue did give like a whole bunch of episodes for us to check out and we definitely will do that joseph's already been watching steven you and I'm going to be starting that pretty soon. So we just want to say thank you very much for commenting. Mm-hmm. We totally get where you're coming from. And thank you so much for even just taking the time to talk to us about it and stuff. 
we did kind of talk back and forth a little bit and we just said, wow, thanks. I'm just glad you took the time to read my rambling. We will always read your rambling, Rue. We promise. We, yeah. So please, so please <laughs> take Rue's comments as inspiration to send us additional comments. If you don't like a show we've done or if you don't like the way we treated a show, let us know. Yeah, we'll talk to you about it. Yeah, I mean, we know we're not always right, but we won't know if you don't tell us. Right. And Root, just because you were so cool about everything and you reached out to us the way you did, we would love to get a request from you. So if you have something, let us know. And for being such a good sport about everything, we're going to let you pick two random episodes. So we will do four total of whichever cartoon that you want to recommend. So you got a free pass there. So take advantage. (laughs) Let us know what you want us to do. We'll do it. Yeah, absolutely. I like that idea. But for now, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry. So it's time for us to say... Goodbye. And next week, we'll be watching Darkwing Duck, submitted via Twitter by Anderson Council at Nabroga. And once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com. 